It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys have signed not one, but two outside free agents over the weekend. How should you feel about both of those signings? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can check me out on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Follow him at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys made two big free agent moves on Friday. Uh, should Cowboy fans feel better about the way the offseason has played out so far? I mean, considering that, like, literally minutes before these got announced, I heard uh, every single possible complaint about how the Cowboys are the only team to not sign a player at outside free agency. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if it, since that was a bar that apparently everyone needed to have cleared uh, the first week of free agency, then I guess they should be have some level of satisfaction. But I, I just don't think that this is, like, these are not surprising signings. This is exactly the kind of signing the Cowboys have always done, right? The kind that make you not feel like you are pigeon-held. In, again, using pigeon-held, word I guess I made up. Uh, not pigeon-held into uh, uh, having to pick someone in that, those positions going into the draft. I'm sure that they're still going to be doing some more work along along these position lines. Yeah, all right. So let's, let's start with the biggest of the two signings. It's Dante Fowler, a defensive end from the, the Falcons who Dan Quinn knows at least a little bit. He was with him in 2020 uh, when he was the head coach there, although Quinn got fired pretty quickly into that season. Kind of fits what the Cowboys are looking for for that right defensive end spot, right? They want somebody who is athletic, uh, somebody who runs a sub 4-6-40. They didn't really have anybody that can do the bendy stuff around the edge, but uh, what were your initial thoughts of the Fowler signing? Well, he also, I think just to point out, Quinn also knew Fowler uh, when they were in Florida together. Uh, so he has some yeah. uh, some relations all the way going back to college. So uh, I think, you know, I, I like it. I mean, I think, he, you know, Fowler is a guy that just never lived up to his draft stock. I mean, I think that's the real issue, right? Jacksonville, I think, reached at him uh, at three or four or wherever he got drafted three, the year that he it? went out. Yeah, uh, and, and it felt like, you know, even coming in that year that, we talked about it like that, that it felt like Fowler was getting artificially pushed up because he's a, a bursty pass rusher, but, but, you know, didn't quite necessarily have uh, the pedigree that probably deserved that sort of draft pick. So he goes to Jacksonville. He has kind of a, a you know, an up and down career to say the least specifically, obviously for a guy that was a third overall pick, he goes to Los Angeles and starts having a lot more success. Right. I mean, I think uh, two or three years ago when he was with them, he had something like 14 plus sacks, if I'm not mistaken. It was so, 11 and a half sacks in 2019 in 14 games. 
Uh, but 16 TFL, 16 quarterback hits, like he was good that season. Yeah. And I think that a lot, I think what it shows you is that a lot of this is that he is a guy, he's kind of like a Robert Quinn type, right? Where, uh, he's he's probably not going to be the guy that stirs the drink, right? But no. if you have him on a defensive line opposite of someone else who's taking uh, uh you know a lot of the attention away, I think he can you know do some things uh you know when, when he's provided one on one opportunities w- with pass blockers. Now the problem is is that he went back to Atlanta or he went to Atlanta at a time when they didn't have anybody else, so it kind of right. went, it was like going back to Jacksonville for him. So. Uh, I, I will say that I kind of shared with you last night that I, Seth uh, is a Galena. I'm sorry. I totally forgot the ESPN. Uh, Seth Walder. Seth Walder. Seth Walder. Um, yeah. he, he actually posted a, a graphic uh, using some of the metrics that they measure with the pass rush win rate, where uh, apparently Fowler ended up being in the top 50 of uh, pass rush, rush win rates uh, of players, regardless of position. So, you know, I think he can do some things. I don't think that you're excited if he's your starting right defensive end, but I think as part of a rotation, uh, I think he's a guy who could really fit in nicely and, and yeah. be part of the group. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily like a creator of a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. He's the guy that is really good at capitalizing on somebody else creating pressure. And I, you saw that with the Rams, right? Like, when Aaron yeah. Donald was creating a bunch of pressure inside, Fowler is really good at cleaning up sacks. And that's how he had an 11 and a half sack season because he's athletic and he plays pretty hard for the most part. And if yeah. you just have those two things on the right defense, you can have double digit sack seasons, right? Absolutely. And I agree with you. He's just not the guy that's going to win off the edge because he's bending around the beating a tackle with hand movement and, and his footwork is really good. That's just not really his game, but if he's your third edge rusher and yeah. he's just kind of working in, I, I can see it. I think it's also very telling that that deal, deal happened on Friday afternoon and it's Monday now and we don't have any numbers yet. Yeah, typically yeah. agents love to tell <laughs> how much their clients got paid. Right. I got yeah. a feeling this is a pretty cheap deal. I, I would expect it to be under what Dorrance Armstrong got paid. Right? Yeah, I agree. The fact that the fact that, that we haven't received numbers on this yet kind of does indicate that it's not exactly a blockbuster deal or something that Fowler and his agent want to go come out and, you know, scream to the mountaintop. So yeah. Uh, I, I think that this is going to end up being a nice deal for the, the Cowboys. Uh, they may get a guy who's highly motivated on a one-year deal going back to a coach that he's had success with mm-hmm. in the past. So I, I think that this is a, this is a pretty, this is again, this is a very typical deal for the Cowboys, yeah. high upside, low, uh, low risk uh, situation that hopefully can at least fill the spot. If, if in case you have to go through the draft without picking up someone to be a replacement. Yeah. I, I think the Cowboys are just going to throw numbers at the defensive end spot right now. Right. Because it's pretty clear. They're not going to get a high level guy like Von Miller, even though there was interest there. So you're going to have to have depth, and you're going to hope that one of these guys, whether it's Armstrong breaks out in year five, whether it's a first-round pick at Fowler, kind of finally being on the right team for him, uh, I, that's what you're hoping for. And we'll, yeah. we'll see if it works out. Uh, we've got some other news that we need to talk about, including another signing, a couple guys that the Cowboys are reportedly interested in. Uh, but before we get there, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. This time of year, almost everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions. But not us. We are sticking to ours to eat better thanks to Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is the absolute best tasting protein bar on the market right now. 
Most built bars only contain 130 calories with four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and it's not even a competition. They've got so many great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut and almond, and the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and the new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, the other signing that the Cowboys made on Friday afternoon was bringing in former Steelers receiver James Washington uh, to kind of help round out the receiving core at least a little bit. With Michael Gallup's status up in the air for early in the season, they had to get another veteran. Uh, what do you? Oops, excuse me. What do you think about the the fit for Washington and Dallas? I think it's interesting. You know, uh, I think you know his numbers definitely took a pretty serious hit last year. Um, and and uh, you know, I, I admittedly have not seen a ton of James Washington because I'm not a Steelers fan like some people ah. on this podcast. Uh, you know that you knew that was coming. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I will think I, I do want to point out that I think it's interesting that, you know, obviously his a dot has dropped over the last few seasons and, and last season specifically, it really dropped uh, average depth of target. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he played a ton more in the slot than he's used to playing in his career. Right. And I think coming back to Dallas, I would imagine a shift more back outside than, than, than being in the yeah. slot. I mean, obviously, they probably want to move Amari Cooper. I mean, uh, <laughs> C.D. Lamb in there. Uh, and, and 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 I would imagine Pollard's going to get some snaps in there as well. But I think ultimately uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting signing simply because he kind of falls outside the normal physical type that the Cowboys mm-hmm. like, especially for their outside receivers. Uh, but I think it's, you know, again, I think it's a guy that, it, you, you don't make a huge commitment to he's a band-aid situation. You're certainly not um, uh, finished at the position or, no, or no. you certainly don't have to be finished at the position. If you draft a guy early, if you want to sign another guy, he's just another guy. I think that can give you quality snaps on the outside when you want to be moving some of these other guys around a little bit. He, you know, he plays a lot bigger than he's, than he's shown. He's, I think he's listed as five eleven, but he's really good at jump ball yep. situations. He's good down the field. Uh, I, I kind of see him actually, if he gets on the field, I kind of see him actually taking more of the Michael Gallup role last year, right? Where he's exactly. getting tons of these shots down the fields. That's going to free up Gallup more opportunity to work across the middle and do more of a variety of, of uh, routes uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm interested to hear your thoughts here because obviously yeah. I think you've seen him a little bit more than I have. So <laughs> he's he's a really weird profile for a receiver because he's yeah. sub six foot. He runs in the four or five and his game is <laughs> he's a deep threat. We don't see very many of those receivers very often in the NFL. But I will say through his college career and his NFL career, he's played with Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State in Pittsburgh, Devlin Hodges and Ben Roethlisberger. 
and I can't tell you which one has the weakest arm of the three. Like they're they're all <laughs> awful. His best season came in 2019. That was mm-hmm. the year where Roethlisberger missed the entire season. Uh, and he played with uh, with Duck Hodges, and Hodges would actually throw him the ball down the field and trusted him. And that's the year he averaged 16.7 uh, yards per reception and had 700 yards. But he's absolutely an outside receiver. Pittsburgh played him in the slot last year some because they didn't have any other options, and he was the smartest and best blocking receiver they had. But he's very, very much in the Michael Gallup role. And I just yeah. feel like this is the type of signing Dallas usually makes where, hey, if they if they need a starting outside receiver for week one, it's going to be James Washington. And I think he's very competent. Yeah, I think that's that's what they're looking for, right? They've got they re-signed Noah Brown, so they've got their guy that will be their special teams kind of yep. blocker move guy. They've got Semi Fahoku who could be a very similar t- type player as well. Washington is a guy who is, uh, you know, like I said, we said Michael Gallup, but I think it's going to be kind of a mixture of Michael Gallup with Cedric Wilson snap counts, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Cedric Wilson, if there was not an injury, right? Like he's your fourth wide receiver. If one of the top, I, I think they're going to get another three, another guy to kind of yeah. go on top of Washington, yeah. but Washington will be the guy that, that goes in when you're, when you're outside guides needs a, a breather, you know, he'll get snaps probably every game, but I don't imagine him being a featured part of this offense at all, or yeah. even necessarily a starter. So uh, I think this is the kind of situation. Yeah. You're, you're just getting quality uh, experience depth, um, and 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 hoping that you can improve on top of that uh, in the draft yeah. and the rest of free agency. And I would also say this about Washington: for the most most of the time in his career, he's been the third or fourth receiver at best on his team. Like last year, they had Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and he was really operating as the fourth and fifth receiver. He was in the same draft as Cedric Wilson, 2018. And he has double the career yards of Wilson. He's actually younger than Cedric Wilson. And this is a guy that's probably getting close to the vet minimum. So is there a significant difference in Wilson and Washington, in my opinion? Absolutely not. I think there was just a difference in quarterback play, right? Like one, one of those guys had a stable quarterback situation. The other did not. Can Washington come in here and be a productive receiver at a fraction of the price of Cedric Wilson? Yeah. I mean, I've, been very hard on Stephen Jones and the the entire front office throughout this entire offseason, but this one makes a ton of sense to me. There is not a noticeable difference between those two players. Perfectly fine letting Wilson walk to sign James Washington. Yeah, I think the difference between Wilson or or the area in which Wilson's game may be better than Washington's are on special teams, right? And that yeah. and I think that you yeah. can make up that difference with Noah Brown with and Wilson's a little bit more versatile and being able to play in the slot and the outside. I, I think Washington's Absolutely. really an outside receiver, but that's really what Dallas needs more than anything else. They need somebody who can operate on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. They need somebody who can operate and and, and run those routes. And and you know, I think that what we're seeing is that they're going to want to run kind of an inside out offense, you know, where they're going to want to focus on uh, the tight end. They're going to want to focus on the slot receiver using CD lamb in the slot. Um, And what that means is that you still need competent guys on the outside to draw coverage away. James Washington is not necessarily a guy that is uh, (laughs) going to draw coverage, but he is a guy that you have to respect if he's going down the field, right? Because he Mm -hmm. can be a deep threat. So I I think that's ultimately what you need is someone that can at least stretch the field vertically or, or draw coverage away from the inside a little bit. 
Uh, and now you've got a guy who has some experience on the outside, knows how to win on the outside in the NFL and, 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 you know, can come in as needed to kind of provide more snaps there. I think Cowboys fans are really going to like James Washington because he blocks, he plays so hard and he's pretty good after the catch. Like that's one of the underrated parts of his game. Uh, I think, I think you're going to be surprised at the the level of player you're getting here. Again, probably, I think ideally the Cowboys want him to be the fourth receiver behind, yeah. behind CD lamb, uh, Michael Gallup and a draft pick. But if you need him to start right away, you could certainly do worse. Uh, let's get to some other news. I, I don't even remember if we talked about it or not, Landon, because <laughs> the days are starting to run together. But yeah. the Cowboys did officially release Lyle Collins on, I believe, Friday. Uh, and he's already signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Bengals, basically the exact same contract that he had here in Dallas. Number one, we're not surprised that he got released. But are you surprised the Cowboys couldn't get anything out of trade? <sighs> Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess I'm not because, uh, you know, I think that there's the, – I keep hearing whispers and, and other people saying that there's something going on more with the hip still. Uh, I mean, we have to consider what's what's gone on with, with Lael. I mean, the situation with the suspension is troubling, right? Because it just indicates a uh, a, a lack of, you know, kind of – situational awareness of maturity uh i mean this is the kind of thing that honestly it feels like you need to worry about moving forward so i wonder if that kind of scared away teams that were willing to you know trade for this contract on top of you know having to probably uh re-sign him to a new deal um I, i i am a little surprised that they weren't able to get something for it but i think it also got to the point where uh you know i i i'll say this I, I think it was telling that when this whole situation started, there was lots of talk about a potential trade and there was teams that were interested, multiple teams that were interested. And then as the time went on, it felt like interest waned more mm-hmm. and more. So I don't know if, if teams doing due diligence, you know, kind of got scared away by what they saw uh, with the combination of his off the field stuff combined and by off the field stuff. I mean, you yeah. know, like, I, I uh, think responsibility my guess is stuff. teams didn't want to trade with him, trade for him without doing a medical report on him. Right. That's probably it. And I don't know if the Cowboys were going to do that. I don't know if the Cowboys were going to release that information. Right. And yeah. I think they were trying to have some leverage. Ultimately, nobody must have offered anything significant in order to trade him. I think this, this is another part to Elliot. My podcasts are getting mixed together. (laughs) Um, I think the Cowboys wanted the cap space this year. And if they would have traded Lyle Collins, they would have only saved, what, $1.7 million? As opposed to designating him as a June 1st cut, they saved $10 million this year. Now, whether that's a good move or not, it's pretty clear the Cowboys wanted that extra cap space right now, and they must have valued that more than a – potential fifth or sixth round pick, right? Yeah, because I think ultimately what it does is that it gives you flexibility with how you can get your money, right? Instead of having yep. to wait until next season to get that money, you can get it this year. You can spend some of it and then roll the rest over if you want, or you can get the option of just spending it all. So it gave them more flexibility. And I think that ultimately at the end of the day, like it may have been a case where the offer that they were getting 
uh, in, for Lael Collins was such that it was lower than their willingness to want to get this money immediately. Like yeah, if like, the Bengals it, offered a fifth round pick, the Cowboys already yeah. have four of them. Do they really want another one? And you, I know somebody's probably saying, yeah, but you could trade those to move up or whatever. You could. It's just how valuable did the Cowboys yeah. think of a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick? Obviously not very much. Do you want that fifth round pick or would you rather have nine million dollars more this season? That's kind of the that's we the way to the question. Yeah. And they got we have our answer, right? Uh, I am glad that Lyle went to the Bengals, though. At least he's out of the NFC yeah. with Cowboys won't have to see him. He went to a team that really needed him. And I think he's gonna be really good in Cincinnati. Like that's the perfect right tackle for Joe Burrow. Yeah, Frank reunited with Frank Pollock. Uh you know, more power to him. I'm excited for him. Uh, so this officially me- means that we're in Terrence Steele season, right? Or are we? Yeah. Is there a chance that the Cowboys are looking at tackle maybe in the first round and maybe with the eye of, hey, let's keep Terrence Steele as a swing tackle and maybe long-term he's our left tackle? What do you think? I, I think it's a possibility. I mean, you know, they, they they probably are doing due diligence on all these guys, and if they, yeah. they have a tackle there they like. I mean, clearly they're doing an offensive line rebuild. So they're just about to replace two starters here. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of added a third guy that could potentially be uh, a, a solution for a different starting position down the road. I mean, I think that's a spot we're going to have to start turning our attention to, right? Because it's really difficult to draft offensive tackles when you absolutely need one to play right away. But if the Cowboys are in a position where pick a name, Trevor Penning falls to you at pick 24 and you can have him and Terrence Steele compete in training camp, and the one goes back to swing tackle. It's not an awful situation to be in. We'll Absolutely not. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a, it's a smart forward thinking move. Um, we'll see if if that situation comes up, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I think the Cowboys are going to be a bad spot though with offensive tackles. I think you're going to see about five of them go in the first twelve or so picks with. Look across the league at the tackle situation, and it's pretty, pretty bad. Um, so don't be surprised if somebody like Penning, who should maybe be a late first-round pick, ends up going inside the top yep. seven or eight picks. We'll see. Yep. The class uh, is very deep, but uh, it looks like it's also going very early yes. as well. So. Uh, all right, let's take one more break to talk to you guys about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as we have college basketball tournament season upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a couple other little things just to, to talk about. Zadarius Smith back on the market. Cowboys are reportedly interested. However, he is visiting Minnesota right now. Does it make sense to pay him 
10, 11 million dollars a year when you already have Demarcus Lawrence. Now you have Dante Fowler. Now you have Dorrance Armstrong. Are you investing too much cap space into the edge rushers? Yeah, I I kind of go back and forth about this Darius Smith so do I. thing. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know that it's such a great fit that it feels like you need to have him. Um, you know, I think it depends on the the contract. I think it depends on on you know what what the role is supposed to be with him i just don't know that he's kind of the same sort it's sort of what we talked about right like the idea of these kind of win quickly defensive ends is Darius smith one of those guys right or is he uh kind of closer to what we what we usually think about with demarcus lawrence so uh, i just don't I, know if you can justify let's say paying demarcus lawrence what is it 20 million a year or no, I guess it's less than that now, but um, paying him, paying Armstrong six and a half million, paying, paying Dante Fowler, you drafted Chauncey Golston. And plus, I'm not sure Cesarius is a great fit if he's going to be your right defensive end. Like yeah. we've talked about, Dan Quinn loves guys that run sub four sixes. He wants that speedy, bendy guy off the edge. Yep. That's not Cesarius Smith. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's why it's like, to me, it feels like this is a situation where, you know, Cowboys fans are upset because they didn't get a, a high money free agent. And now they're just like going to the next pass rusher who is going to be an expensive free agent, even though it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't actually make, make much schematic sense or it doesn't, it's not the same kind of schematic fit that someone like Randy Gregory would be. So at that point, if, if the Cowboys do sign him, it's just about trying to get as much talent in here for the same price that you were going to pay Gregory. That's, that's basically just accumulating assets, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't really see them winning the same way and you know, I don't really no. see them kind of doing the same role. And I agree like Zadarius Smith as like a, as like a right end. It's like, well, he plays defensive end, but if you're looking for someone who's like that kind of speed bendy guy, that's like you said, that's not really his game. So uh, it just feels like in, in, a, in an era where we're seeing more and more that the ball is getting out quickly, having two of those kind of defensive ends, you know, really isn't super useful. So uh, I tend to look at this like if he's on the team, it's great to have that kind of talent uh, on the team. And I'm sure and, Dan Quinn will figure out a way to use him, right? Absolutely. But I, I don't know that it makes you know nearly as much sense inside the scheme like uh, Randy Gregory or Von Miller. Right. Uh, the other defensive end that the Cowboys were rumored to be interested in is Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, he's 33 years old. And I talked to John Ledyard, who covers Tampa Bay, uh, talking about JC, JPP last year, and he said was dealing with a torn rotator cuff, uh, hurt it, I believe, in week one, very easily could have had uh, surgery and been out for the whole year. He played through it, but he was unplayable basically last year for the Bucks. And this is somebody who has played a long time in the NFL, who's had a bunch of injuries. You just started to worry, is, is he going to break down? I don't know. What do you What do you think about their potential interest there? I mean, again, like, I don't know. How, he is maybe a little bit more of a better fit. His game is maybe a little bit more of a better fit than Zadarius Smith, but not much. And he's 33, and he's coming off shoulder injuries. And it's funny because, you know, everyone, like, will talk about the shoulder injury as, oh, well, he had a shoulder injury last year. That's why he didn't play well. Well, he's 33 years old, and he's coming off of a shoulder surgery. 
You know, that's right. that's not exactly somebody that I'm trying to give ten plus million dollars to a season, which I, I don't know what his number is, but I'm you know imagine that it's somewhere in that range, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there is a certain amount of this that feels like it's um desperation right to like get to like get more talent on the defensive end uh, uh side of, of of things despite whether or not they're actually a good fit or or like or if you feel like you can assemble a good starting four with this person in there uh it just feels like there it, it's yeah, i mean look i've been there it feels like cowboys fans going down a list of nfl free agents and saying i recognize that dude's name yeah. why don't the cowboys sign that guy so I'll tell you what it felt like to me when I saw that. I think there was a couple of tweets and I think it was Jeremy Fowler who put out the tweet. That's made it sound like Jason Pierre, Paul's agent said, Hey, the Cowboys need defensive events leaked that the Cowboys are interested uh, in a, which maybe they are. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think that's, I mean, that's a team that pretty clearly needs edge rushers. He's a free agent. Why not? My guess is and this is a similar situation to what we saw with Malik Hooker last year where it's, okay, how healthy are you right now? If you're healthy, can we check in on, in on you in June and July and we'll see where you're at? Uh, if that's the case, would you be interested? Because I can't imagine with the way he played last year and with him just coming off of the torn rotator cuff surgery that anybody signs him right now. Right. I mean, you you certainly don't need to sign him right now. I mean, as no. you by the Cowboys, they certainly don't need to be signing him right now. No. And if anything, they should be like, yeah, like in a situation where they're like, hey, let's call you after the draft. Let's see what where we got, uh, you know, and see what see what's going on. I mean, and we I, saw I think- this. We, we see this with pass rushers over the last couple of years. Like Melvin Ingram didn't sign until July. Justin Houston doesn't sign until July. Jadavion Clowney will never sign until after the draft because he wants to see where he can land. Just kind of feels like this is the landscape for veteran pass rushers now. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think, I think one thing that would be helpful here is like, let's let's take let's just do a quick exercise, real quick, Marcus. Power rank these three names based on who you think would be the best fit for what the Cowboys need in the position, right? Well, was G- Jason Pierre-Paul, Zadarius Smith, and then Daniil Hunter. Which uh, power rank those three for me, in, in your opinion? Hunter Sm- Smith, J- JPP, and to, and that's exactly how I have them as well. And let me ask you even further. For me, there's a gap right oh, between yeah, Hunter and, and and yeah. and Smith, and then JPP, just because again. So so what are we doing? I think ultimately, like for the Cowboys, they they look and said, hey, if you want to sign JPP right now, it's X amount of money. I I I mean I. Would look at what I've got. Would look at my situation. And go, that's my backup plan. That's like that's if I need you plan. I, I'm that's not if the right pass rusher doesn't follow you in the draft, right? Like let's say they, they've got a, a pass rusher they love, and he's not there at 24. Hey, could you come in and start for us this year if we sign you in July? They look. Mistakes have been made, right? Like they they sure. they they restructured Demarcus Lawrence's contract with the idea of signing Randy Gregory. That didn't happen for whatever reason. The, 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 the issue is, you know, are you going to compound that problem by forcing yeah. that money onto a guy that's not a good fit? Or instead, can you, uh, uh, can you pivot and can you yes. find a way to use that money in a proper way and then save some of it to potentially roll over into next year? Because ultimately, if you're just like, 
oh, we've got a, we've got a, you know, $13 million a year hole burning in our pocket. We have to find a defensive end that, that kind of matches that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get into a situation where you're getting someone who's not a good fit for what you want, may not be a good long-term solution. And suddenly you're out a whole bunch of money for a pass rusher that is not super productive for you. The good front offices know how to deal with plan B and plan C because not everything's going to go right. Like the Brandon Gregory situation last year, there's a chance the Cowboys could luck into a better option here. Maybe it is getting Zadarius Smith at $8 million a year and Dorrance Armstrong at $6 million a year. And those two guys outperform Gregory, but they've got to have the right, the right strategy here. They can't just panic and just get the biggest name JPP or give Zadarius Smith. 14 million, give him the Randy Gregory contract because I don't think that makes sense either. So it'll be fascinating to see how they uh how they fix all this stuff over the, the next couple couple days. I'm assuming we're gonna get some heavy action from the Cowboys and free agency now that we're in week two. This is typically when things start to heat yeah. up a little bit for them. Uh so hopefully, Landon, we're gonna get to talk about some more players that the Cowboys sign over the next week. We, I mean, we can always fool ourselves uh, in, into another week of chasing the dragon here, can't we? Uh, yeah. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can get the, the podcast wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Check us out on YouTube, Locked on Cowboys over there. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.